Welcome to the Hope Elam Podcast. We are a diverse church in the heart of Des Moines, seeking to bring God's kingdom as we live more like Jesus. We hope that what you're about to hear points you to Jesus Christ. Know that we're praying for you and look forward to connecting with you soon. Hey, we're here now, and so since we're here, let's be present. All right, so we're in this series that is a year-long series, um, a church, a people, after God's own heart, that if you want to filter who we say we are, if you want to check the pastors and check the mission and the vision of who we say we are, how we treat you and how you receive from us and how we look at you, how we greet you, what you feel like when you walk through those doors. We desire to be a church after God's own heart. We're entering in, even though you know we're not perfect, but our desire, our intent is to represent an almighty God. And so in that way, Let us be focused on a few things. One, um, this is a very seeker-friendly church. This is a very uh, welcoming church. And so I guarantee you, if you come across someone in this church, in this building, from the moment you walk in the doors, and you get a look, you get an attitude, that person is probably visiting. (laughs) Guarantee you they're visiting. Amen? Because that's not who we are here. Amen? Amen. All right. So having said all that, here's where we're going. A church after God's own heart. Our whole mission is to reach out to the world around us and share the everlasting love of Jesus Christ. If you have some good news, you ought to share the good news. It's not, it's not something you hoard and keep to yourself. In fact, in fact, the very good news that, that allowed us to, to have access and come into the family of God is the same good news that is deserving of everybody out there who know him or don't know him. It's the same good news. So our desire is a mission. So if you're here and you're thinking, uh, I might check out that new membership class after service today, after the 11 o'clock. I might come back. And what you'll find consistently is that our mission is to reach out to the world around us. Yes, we want to be a lighthouse where people can come and see. But the goal is that we would be light, that when we go into darkness, people can see. So there ought to be some reaching out. Our vision, powered by the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Spirit of God, the Spirit of truth. Powered by the Spirit to bring Christ to all cultures. To revive the world with God's love and make heaven more crowded. That's our mission and that's our vision. Now listen, if you can't get with that, then maybe in time. But today we're going to talk about the spirit of God. And we're going to talk about that he has has a plan of revival for the people of God. Amen? All right, let's go. The 10 for 10. Pastor Mike Householder and... uh, West Des Moines campus, our, our mothership over at Jordan Creek, um, 
gave us this 10 for 10, 10 goals in 10 years. And last week, let's discuss unity agents and city changers. And we talked about it is important that we become a bridge to help people get over to the other side, a bridge, help people to, to communicate and to have community and to have commute and commerce, that we are to be bridges. And Julia Dismuti, he talked about that and he said, look, it's important that we are a bridge and not a barrier. One nugget and we're going to get where we're going. Sometimes we don't want to be the bridge that God has called us to be because it comes with a burden. The burden that comes with the bridge is that we've got to engage. We can't stay with the gaps that's between us. And sometimes because the burden of being in community, then we see it as a barrier, but it's really a blessing. And so if you are a bridge, I said it last week out of West Des Moines, sometimes bridges have superstructures and substructures. The superstructures you can't miss, that's the deck. That's where all the cars are going. You can't miss it. But the deck and the superstructure does not exist without the substructure. That's the stuff that you can't see. That's the stuff underneath that distributes the weight. And there are many people in this room that is working behind the scene, that's working that you can't see. They're not the super, but they're the sub. And without them, we can't be who God called us to be. So I'm saying thank you to all the substructures. Keep being a bridge. Amen? All right. So we want to be spirit-filled. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gift from God. And I would almost bet, if I was a betting man, that every time that I've tried to provide a sermon, because the Holy Spirit is so important, every time I've tried to proclaim the good news, I tried to make sure that you understood why, because we learned the repetition, that when you become a child of God, when you say, yes, Lord, when you say, God, I, I accept you into my heart, and I want to walk with you, I want to talk with you, I want to be on my journey with you, the gift, the gift is the Holy Spirit. Whether you want it or not, it's a promise that God gives to the believer that comes and takes residence in your heart. And the Holy Spirit, whether it has been stirred or active or not, is in you. The Bible says that we are a temple, a place where the Holy Spirit can come and dwell. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit that lives within the believer. And so if you hear and you might not have it all together. You might not understand how the Spirit is moving in your heart, but he's there. So I want you to know this morning that the Holy Spirit rests inside of you. And sometimes, like in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit is, is described as a rushing wind, a, a windstorm, that when it shows up, you can't see it, but you can't miss it. Sometimes the Holy Spirit has so much power, it's like a fire, in Acts 2, it talks about that, that on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost, when the Holy Spirit fell down on the people that were there, it was like a fire, it was like a flame of tongues, because the people couldn't miss the Holy Spirit that fell on everybody. Sometimes the Holy Spirit is like a river that is flowing in and through one to the another. And sometimes as the river, the Holy Spirit continues to, to move in wherever the, there's water, there's life. Oh, that's going to be the overflow. <laughs> yeah, next weekend, we're going to talk about where there is water, there's life. And then we got the rain. In Joel 2, the Holy Spirit, I want us to get on the same page. I believe that when he said he's pouring out his spirit, it's raining. 
Turn to your neighbor. I don't do it too often. I may have you help me preach, but turn to your neighbor and say, tell them it's raining. Well, not really. But it's raining in here because the Holy Spirit, God is pouring out his spirit. He's raining. So I'm from Louisiana. I'm saying today, let it rain. Today. Hobelum. Into each life, some rain must fall. Let it rain. I'm from Louisiana, and so you have to understand, rain came with storms, hurricanes, and tornadoes. And sometimes in our lives, the rain represents struggle. The rain represents trials and tribulations. The rain represents, like, like turmoil. The rain in our lives, sometimes we just don't want to have rain. We'd rather have sunshine all the time, but sometimes if all you got is sunshine, then you all going to dry up the, 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 the grass and the, 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 the things that are intended to grow without the rain. It can't be all that it's caused to be. Let it rain. Sometimes it's your difficult situation. It's the thing you're going through. It's raining in somebody's life right now. And God is saying, listen, let it rain. And I'm going to get to there's purpose for the rain. For somebody, it's strong winds. It's knocking you off course. It's got you unstable right now. It's raining in your life. There's some things you're dealing with, and you just want the rain to stop. Let it rain. Sometimes you lose your power. Sometimes you had a grip, and all of a sudden you kind of don't feel the way you used to feel because there's some turmoil. There's some struggle. James would say it like this, count it all joy. When you find yourself going through, because there's a, a purpose and a reason for your struggle. Let it rain. Sometimes there's flooding. Can I, can I share this with you? Sometimes when you're overwhelmed and it's just one thing after another and you can't catch a break and it's been raining. There's been some times when you seek shelter and you, you're still getting wet like the rain, the rain is coming at you sideways. And no matter where you go, what you do, you still get, get rained on. Let it rain. Sometimes the rain, the rain is God's blessing. The, the rain is God's blessing. Listen, um, whenever the, there is a harvest, whenever there is a planting, without the rain, without some water, without the saturation of the ground, the thing that is now supposed to yield fruit won't yield fruit. The rain is part of God's blessing. It's the provisions that God provides in our lives. Let it rain. It is the cleansing. Sometimes it's got to rain because there's some things God wants to get rid of. There's some things that we've been dealing with that God wants to cleanse us of. And there's a washing that occurs. Let it rain. Sometimes it's for purification. You're doing all right, but God says, I got something more. The flooding. Look it up. The Nile River runs from the south to the north. There were point, certain times of the year that there would be a, a torrential, an inund, uh, inundation of rain because the people survived in kind of an agrarian society. It would have, the, the Nile River and the banks of the river would have to flood. It had to be so much rain that the silt, the fine sand, the fine particles where it's good for planting, it was at the bottom of the river. And only when it flooded that it would bubble up and flood, and then it would settle over on the banks. 
And when the flooding receded, that's where they had the best soil to plant for the harvest. Sometimes in your life, there's the things that's in the basement. There's the stuff that's way down that you push and press down that God says with the rain that's coming in your life, the flooding, the overwhelmed feelings, God said that's the stuff that he wants to bubble up to the top so that he can yield some fruit in your life. Let it rain. There's some good news, though. Come on. April showers bring May flowers. In the natural, being from Louisiana, I was trying to get to this point earlier. Sometimes you could see it. There's dark clouds that rolls in. There's lightning flashing. Sometimes you can feel it, you know, in your bones. My grandma used to say, I, I think it's going to rain. I said, Grandma, sunshine. Uh, Newsflash, she said, no, I can feel it. She had rheumatism. She said, I can feel it. And sure enough. Sometimes, I don't know, you can, you can hear it. Thunder rolling, you can know that it's about to rain. You better take cover. Sometimes you can smell it, and I don't know. Anybody ever sm smell like rain? Oh, okay, I'm not by myself. Sometimes it's like, oh, I've been this way, it's going to rain. Do you know in the spiritual sometimes we can get there? Sometimes you can see it. It's when, when is the rain? It's when the spot on the x-ray shows up. It's when there's blood in the urine. It's when you get the call. It's about to rain. It's when you get the, the notice on your job. Some rain is coming your way. And you begin to pray, God, what, what? Sometimes you can feel it. So, sometimes it's the tension in the air. It's in the conversation. It's about to rain because you know you can't get on the same page. Sometimes it's the, the bitterness because you've tried to let it go, and now that person got a promotion. Oh, my God, it's about to rain. My heart. Sometimes you can hear it. It's the, the mumbling and the grumbling. It's the, it's the stuff. It's the thing that you weren't supposed to hear, but you heard it. It's about to rain. And I'm saying let it rain. Even if you can't put your finger on it, you know some stuff ain't right. Okay, listen, in the text. There is a call to repentance. The struggle, the situation that Judah found themselves in, that Joe as a prophet was giving them some guidance and some caution, they were disobedient. God was saying to them, listen, I love you. Just you don't have to go after these other idol gods. The people of Judah became complacent because things was going well. Come on, I'm talking to somebody. And, and they got to a place to where they was content and comfortable. And so they began to take the, the blessings of God for granted. And God is saying, be, be careful through the prophet because it's not automatic. God says, I've come to give you these fruit. He said, but you got to understand that when you go after idol gods, when you become complacent, when you become oppressors of other people, he said, I've got to be able to get your attention, so I allow for some struggle. I allow for some rain. But hear me clearly. The rain is not so that we can just have uh, saturation. The rain is so that we can turn back. you here today, and there is a clarion call to turn back unto God. That, that it's not 
for us this morning to, to read this and say, oh, I've done that, been there. At the beginning of chapter 2, it says that there was a, a, an army of locusts that God allowed to permeate Judah all across the land. And the locusts devoured everything, all of the fruit, all of the grain, all of the blessing. And there was no rain, so there was famine and dryness. And God did it because his love for the people to say, listen, you've got to turn. If he removes his hand, then it's just judgment. But God is bringing justice at the same time. Judgment to say, hmm, this is what you deserve. Just, judgment say, this is what you deserve. But justice says, let me make it right. God desires to make it right. And so even in the midst of all of their calamity, God says, look, turn. That is why the Lord says, turn to me now, Joel 2.12, while there is time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Maybe you're here today. The first step in repentance is to turn away. You keep looking at the thing that you know you don't need to be looking at. You keep considering the thing you don't need to be considering. God said the first step, sometimes before you can turn around and go the other way, you can go and turn back, you've just got to turn away. Sometimes it's too much to turn around yet. You just need to be able to look at it. You know it ain't right. Be obedient to an almighty God and turn away. And once you turn away, turn around. And if you can get there with the help of an almighty God with progress and one step at a time, you turn away, you turn around, now you can turn back to God. Sometimes it's too much. It's flooded. You're holding on for dear life. The, 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 the waves are, are pulling you. And God says, turn away first. Then turn around and put your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on him, the author and the finisher of your faith. Begin to walk in this new journey. Today, a clarion call. You wonder why there's devastation. You wonder why there's destruction in your life. You wonder why there's damage and danger. It's tied to disobedience. There are some things you've been saying yes to that God says no. Some things you've been saying, no, I'm not doing it, and God says yes. And you'll wonder why it keeps going the way it's going. We cannot bargain with God. We've got to trust God. Come on, help me. It's tight? It's tight? Listen, if I say enough, you say it's enough. Enough? 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 It's time to turn. God wants us all. Listen, now watch. He says, don't tell your clothing in your grief, but tell your hearts instead. When people were mourning, when people was an act, an act of contrition. They would rent their clothes. They would tear their clothes because they're in mourning. I'm sorry. Okay. It was an outward expression. But God was tired of their, their acts. God said, listen, that's good for other people to know that you contrite and that you feel sorry, but you keep doing the same thing. Don't tear your clothes. Tear your heart. Have enough contrition inside your heart to where nobody knows, but you know, God, I'm, the remorse, God, I'm godly sorry. Have the kind of remorse in your heart that you wouldn't dare do it again. 
that you have to reach past mercy. You've got to reach past grace. You've got to reach past the truth of the Holy Ghost to go do that thing. Don't tear your clothes, Judah. Tear your hearts. He said, look, return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate, slow to anger, and filled with unfailing love. God did not come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. But if all we're saying is mercy and grace, and it is, but he's got grace and mercy in one hand and judgment in the other. And we have the day of the Lord is coming. While there's time, he says, turn. Okay? Hopefully that's clear. Let it rain. The, the struggle, the storms, the things, the reason why it comes is so that we can turn. So let it rain. Don't wait till after the rain is over. Turn in the middle of the rain. Turn in the middle of the conversation. Turn in the middle of applying for the job. Turn in the middle of the divorce. Turn. Don't wait for the rain. The rain, let it rain. And once it does its job, turn. Can somebody say amen? amen. Let it rain. Not only is there a call to repentance, the reason there's a call to repentance is there's a call to restoration. The locusts ate up everything. It was dry. The fruit and the grapes and the grain was the blessing of God. They would offer up a wine offering and a grain offering, and now they don't have an offering to even worship. They become so dry and complete because of disobedience and because of God trying to let it get their attention to turn. God says, my whole plan is a promise of restoration. That God wants to restore the things that has been taken, the things that have dried up. God says, but in order to restore it, there's got to be some rain. And I'm not talking about the rain of struggle. I'm talking about the blessing. The blessing of rain. The saturation of your heart. The tenderness of your heart. When it's rain and it's supple and it's ready to receive the word of God. So let it rain. Rejoice, you people of Jerusalem. Rejoice in the Lord your God for the rain he demonstrates his faithfulness. Rain is a demonstration of the faithfulness of God when it falls down from the sky. We need it. He says once more, huh, he'll give the autumn rain. In one of the translations in King James, it said the former rain and the latter rain. The autumn rains, this is how good God is, and the spring rains. He'll give rain in its season. So you might be here and it's been dry for a while. You think the thing that is dried up can never be brought back. Yes, it can. God says that when you, when we turn, not from an outward expression, but in the contrition of our hearts, he said he's ready to restore. He's ready to piece some things back. He's ready to give it back to you, whatever it is. That relationship, he's ready to restore it. That career, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to yell. <laughs> he's ready to restore it. The life that he's come to give you, he's ready to restore it. He's, he's promised. He's given us evidence. He said to all of us, listen, the flood is important. The silt is important. But he came to give a blessing. There's a promise of restoration. The early rain, the latter rain. Can I just talk a little bit about the, the situation they were in? They had to trust God and his faithfulness. 
that he would restore. Because it was dark. It was dry. It was devastating. And sometimes the reason why we're dark or dry or devastating is because of other people. It's because of circumstances. It's because we've been praying for a while. And God's saying to all of us today that he is still there ready to restore. But God says it's going to have to be some rain, and you got to let it rain. Sometimes by letting it rain, it's by moving beyond comfortability, moving beyond complacency, and get here. Get that word. Come and worship. Call. Make that call and say, listen, I just need to talk to somebody. Whatever it is, got to let it rain. So we got to go from obscurity to obedience. And when we come, it's not out of obligation. And you know the difference, and I do too. Let it rain, a promise of restoration. Watch, watch verse 24. The threshing floors will again be piled high with grain. And the presses will overflow with new wine and with new oil. That when the rain comes in its season in your life, that the, 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 there'll be overflow in your life. I have a story I want to tell you, and it's a gem. Mark it in your, in your Bibles. 2 Kings chapter 4, 1 through 7. 2 Kings chapter 4. The Bible says that there was this woman, did not give her name, but she was a widow. Her husband had been a servant of Elisha. And her husband died. And the creditor, because they still owed when the husband died, the creditor was coming to take her two sons as slaves to pay the cost of the credit of what they owed. So the woman went to Elisha and said, Elisha, here's the deal. Elisha said, well, what do you want me to do? And before she could answer, Elisha said, what do you have in the house? And the woman said, I don't have much. All I have is a flask of oil. I don't have much, Elisha. But I have a flask of oil. Elisha told the woman, and she had to be obedient to get the blessing. He said, go to your friends, supposing she had them, your neighbors, supposing she understood, and go gather up as many vessels and jars, as many jars and vessels that you can gather, as many as you prepare for this blessing. Hobelam, go get as many vessels, as many jars as you can gather. And she told, he told the woman, then go to your house, close the door behind you and your sons, and begin to pour out of your flask of oil. And when, he, when the lady began to pour, she filled up one vessel at a time, and they would set it aside until it was full. And she kept pouring. The oil kept pouring. The oil kept pouring. And then it came a point. Mom said, hey, bring me another vessel. Bring me another jar. And the son said, we don't have any more. And at that point, the flow of the olive oil stopped. What am I saying? Our blessing is tied to our preparation. That oil would have kept on pouring. It would have kept on flowing. It would have kept on going. If we, there's many vessels that were there. God is pouring out his spirit. And we need more vessels. We need more jars of clay. 
We need God to keep pouring because he desires to keep pouring till there's overflow. Just keep pouring, God. Keep pouring. So we got to do the work as many as we can gather, as many that we can do the work, as many we can prepare for because God is pouring out his spirit. Amen? A promise of restoration. And then finally, let it rain because the whole plan was the plan of revival. It's a plan that all of us can understand that the spirit of God is not for the preacher and the pastor and the teachers. That the spirit of God that's being poured out is for everybody. Every vessel, every individual, God wants to fill it up, wants us to be spirit filled. He ain't going to stop pouring until it's all poured, until it's all filled up. And we can't do it without the spirit of God. He says, look, our text Then after doing all those things, what things? Restoration. What things? Repentance. After all of that, he says, in those days, like in Acts, I'm pouring out my spirit. Your son, he told Judah, your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. They're going to speak truth to power. They're going to speak the word of God. They're going to speak truth to those who are the oppressors. They're going to speak truth to the church. Your sons and daughters. And he says that old, he say, your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. God says, look, even if you can't understand, he said the power is in you. God does not work directly with me through visions. Sometimes dreams, but not very directly. But some of you, you know how God works with you. And some of you know he doesn't work with you that way. But I believe wholeheartedly that this is the word of God and has already come true. We have prophetic gifts in this church. We have all the gifts that are needed to carry forth the good news. So he wants us all to be revived, to be awakened, to to understand that he's come so that we can be a blessing to each other, a plan of revival. He wants to prosper us and make us productive. He's got plenty to give us. Yes, sometimes his hand, he allows for some stuff. But God quickly, quickly wants to bring about grace and mercy and justice with our obedience. A plan of revival. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. We want the spirit of God to rain down. We want the spirit of God to come down and rest on each and every one of us. Because when you feel his presence, even if you don't ask, he's doing it. He's working it out. Because even if you can't see him moving, he's moving. Even if you can't see he's working, he's working. And the Holy Spirit, when we become more aware and more attuned, restoration can happen a lot sooner. We don't have to keep doing the things we've been doing. A call to repentance, a promise of restoration for a plan of revival. Come, Holy Spirit, and rest. On all of us. Amen? Come on. Amen? Amen. Enough? 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 Let's go. Amen. God bless you. Amen. As we continue to worship, would you please stand if you're able?
Thanks so much for joining us. To find out more about Hope Elam, follow us on Instagram at hope.elam or visit our website at hope.elam.org.